welcome to the Stop Shooting All Over Yourself podcast. I am here with Taryn Soa, who is uh, my podcast manager um, and also my new bestie. Um, And we have actually spent the last, um, oh my God, every time we got on a call, we end up talking about like books we talk about chronic illness we talk about podcasts we talk about running a business like i feel like we can talk forever and i really wanted to share some of taryn's insights on the podcast and so i invited her on taryn welcome i am so excited i love how actually i think about the first time you and i like chatted face to face i should say is when i showed up on your and roxanne's uh fireside thing and you just like pulled me on and we talked for 30 minutes you're like oh did. i remember we talked about sex at some point like i i actually remember that yeah, quite vividly because i was like i just met her for the first time but i'm just gonna dive right into this and I mean, it's very expected. I've got lube right behind me on my, on my desk. So, you know, it was a good asset. You know? yeah. yeah, we um, didn't hold back. Um, so, okay. So here's why I wanted to do a podcast <laughs> with you. It actually started in a conversation that we were having with Roxanne in, in the holiday, during the beginning of the holiday event, where um, you said the word busy and Roxanne uh, jumped on it. She would jump on the word busy and was like, I don't like the word busy and talking about, you know, in talking about doing things and so on. And so you and I actually ended up um, really um, uh, bonding over this book. Laziness does not exist um, specifically mm-hmm. regarding being busy and not being busy. So I'm actually really curious. Tell us a little bit about your framework to start. Are you a mom? Are you married? What is, what is your job? What do you do? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I am Taryn first. I I try to start with I'm Taryn and I am a mom to two kids, a mom to two pugs and a mom to two black cats. And I am a wife to my husband. We've been married for seven years, seven years. Yes. And I run my own business. So I have been doing that for four years now where I serve online entrepreneurs and I love it. But before that, I was in physical therapy and I did that for eight years and absolutely hated it. I cried in the office at work and no one knew that I was so unhappy because I just thought that is how you were supposed to feel. I thought everyone hated their job. I thought everyone had the Sunday scaries. I thought everyone overworked themselves and then on the weekend got drunk to try to forget the week. And then you just started over again. You know, I think a lot of us were doing that. Cause I remember myself when I was in corporate that I would towards the end, I would work and then go home and start drinking, like get home, start drinking. It's after a while, you don't even, you're not even waiting for the weekend. <laughs> after a while, you're just like, I'm no. home, I need a drink like so bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember when I actually started going like, What's Thursday? What's Wednesday? And then say it's like I don't give a fuck anymore. No. Um. But you know that's so true. Like it's uh, that we a lot of us do feel that way. That like, I mean, especially if you're in the Gen X, you know, generation where like you're just supposed to not like your job, but now you're not there anymore. So I am very curious. Like for mm-hmm. what was it that made you realize that life didn't have to be this way, or that you could live like? I mean, is that how it happened? How did you end up leaving your physical therapy job? So I didn't really know, but kind of how it all transpired is, so my husband and I lived in Chicago, not near our family, and we knew we wanted to have a family of our own. And so we always knew we were going to leave Chicago. So I got pregnant and I just started thinking like, 
how the hell am I going to work this job when I have to be here till eight o'clock at night? Sometimes I'm here at six in the morning. Sometimes I'm working on Saturday. My husband's a chef, so he works even worse hours than I did. I'm like, how am I going to do this? There has to be another way. And I didn't know what that answer was. So literally all I did was just started to save my money and put it aside. And when I had my little guy, I had like a 12 month maternity leave, but then I saved enough money to be able to take a whole year off. So we literally, we moved back to Michigan. We decided to move in with my mom. So that way, like my money would last that whole year. And I thought maybe I would eventually go back to therapy and just work part-time, but the money just, it was okay. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I was about four months in, I kind of healed myself from the burnout that I had that I didn't know I had burnout. And I started getting a little bored and I started talking about like, what I vacuumed that day. Like if I was talking to my girlfriends, I'd be like, oh yeah, at this new vacuum and I used it and it sucked up all the hair. I'm like, Taryn. <laughs> it went Monica where she remembers she was vacuuming and then she pulls out the little dust cluster and vacuums the vacuum. Like, yeah, I'm back. That was me. I was turning and I was like, I don't want this to be me. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm like, okay, this isn't it either. Staying home isn't it. What is it going to be? And then I ended up starting my own business as a virtual assistant. And that like just fit more into my life. And I think intuitively, I just created this life and this lifestyle because I knew the physical therapy job like was wrong for me. And I just was trusting my gut, even though I didn't know that's what I was doing. So it's like in hindsight, I was just trying to get away from what society was telling me to do and creating my own path. So when you were in that space, because like this is where a lot of like, I've, and I've had this actually happen with both people who are in corporate getting ready to leave and people who are leaving, you know, their businesses to go back to corporate, you know, because mm -hmm. we all like it's trying to get away from what society is telling you that you're supposed to do, regardless of what it is, because obviously it just depends on which place you're in. When you were in that space, what did you feel like? Cause like now you're basically going against what you feel like you're supposed to be doing. So I'm curious one, like, what was it that you like, cause you were deprogramming yourself. What did you think you were supposed to do, you know, and that you were now not going to be doing that. And did you feel anxious or scared or like, you know, what, what were some of the feelings that came up when you were making the choice to do something different? So for me, what I saw is that there was two options for me. There was to be a working mom in an office building or like physical therapy, you know, it was still in an office building, like working a corporate job, or I could be a stay at home mom, make no money, maybe sell bows on the side and like, you know, not really bows? have much of my own money. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Do you make bows? <laughs> no, I don't make bows, but I'm just thinking like, I'm like going to have an Etsy shop and be all creative. Yeah, no, totally. I can see the little baby bows, you know, the ones that they put with the little, you know, when they're born, they put them in the little yeah. I'm with you. Okay, baby, but we're going to start your baby bow business. <laughs> baby bow business. So I really only saw those two options and option number one sounded horrible. So I jumped shipped and I was like, I'll be the stay at home mom. I didn't realize that there was more than those two options. And honestly, how I work, I am nervous up until I make a decision. And then once I made the decision, I was quitting. I had no idea what the hell was on the other side for me, but I felt like such a peace and I felt like such an anxiety relief just lifted off of me 
that's all I needed. And so I think some people, like if my husband weren't to have a job and didn't know what was next, I think for him, he would be really nervous. He would be like a wreck trying to figure out what's next. And I was kind of like, I don't know. We'll just wait and see. <laughs> now have you always been like that? No. So I'm not like that with all decisions. Like okay. I'm not usually like, like with this one, I think it was just cause it felt right. And so I was like, all right, well, I, that's really helpful. Cause you know, one of the issues that like that my listeners struggle with is wanting to make a decision, but there's that fear factor of like, it shouldn't be a hard decision if it's the right one, but what you're saying, it sounds mm-hmm. like it's going to be a hard decision until you make it. But then once you've actually made it, then you'll feel that release. So don't wait to like, don't wait to feel the release before making the decision, make the decision first, and then you'll feel the release. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause and I think actually the opposite, like if it were, if I made the wrong decision, then I would know, like, I would be like, Oh no. God. <laughs> yeah. You know what you like, sometimes you just know, but I feel like for a lot of us, like, especially, you know, if you're chronically ill or a mother or a caregiver to somebody like, you know, the right decision to make, I feel like there's an element of like not trusting yourself. Cause like there's this mm-hmm. whole space between the time where you thought you may want to leave and you weren't happy to the time where you actually made that decision. How long would you say that was in between? Like, I kid you not, when I applied for school, I remember telling my mom, I didn't want to do it. I actually am not sure if this is the path for me. And then like the next day I got the acceptance letter and she was like, Taryn, just do it. You know, she didn't go to like college because she had me. I mean, she went to college for a little bit, but she had me. So she was kind of putting her, you know, hopes and wants onto me. Like I gave up my life for you to be able to do something like this. So I went to college, even though I didn't want to go for that. And so literally the whole time I had my career, I wanted to quit, but I just thought I, I shouldn't do that. That is so powerful. I, it didn't even occur to me that you would answer like that. Like I, and so I'm so glad that you did because it's just, it really, it tells you for, again, a lot of us in the Gen X, we are the first generation to go to college and our, and our parents maybe didn't go. And it was, or it was something where it was like, these are our hopes and dreams for what you are going to accomplish. And like, I don't know about you, but I always felt like it was my job to make sure that I realized the dreams that my parents had for me when I was, when I was younger, like there was definitely a phase where that changed, but you feel that too. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Cause my parents, like I, my parents were, they weren't like a one night stand, but they weren't like together. They were never going to get married. And so I feel like I was always trying to prove like, even though you had me in weird circumstances, I'm going to turn out amazing. And I'm going to like, please you and make you happy. And you're going to be proud of me. And even saying it now, I'm getting chills because I just want them to be proud of me. You know, I'm going to ask you something as a parent. They're, you're proud of your kids, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you know your parents are proud of you, right? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. They definitely <laughs> saying, are. I just wanted you to know. You know that they're proud of you, right? But like, <laughs> would they have been proud of me if I dropped out of college and didn't do what they wanted me yeah. to do? Like, that I don't know. And I don't regret going. Like, I've learned so much from it. And I took my skills that I learned from that job to where I am now. So it was the path I was meant to take. But... 
yeah, I think I would have struggled like with being a disappointment if I didn't do it. Yeah. Like you yourself, your internal monologue would have like, would have moved you in that direction. I can definitely, cause I did, I, I went against just about, so I had that feeling for many years and then I was like, fuck this. I don't have any desire to live my parents' dreams. And so then I became like the exact opposite. Um, yeah. and there was a moment of freedom for me. I mean, obviously my relationship with my parents was very, very different, but there's, there was this moment of freedom where I realized that I was not living for them anymore. And it mm. allowed me to like make choices that I probably wouldn't have made otherwise because I was concerned about, you know, their, what would they think? You know, what, what would they think? You know, there's actually in Pakistan, it's like, Lo kya it's what would the neighbors say? Right. Like it's just such a, it's such a big thing there. It's like, it's, I actually read an article in Huffington Post the other day where somebody was actually talking about that. She's like in Pakistan and in India, it's like, Lo kya and I'm like, Oh my God, I know you never want any parent to say that to you. Cause if they say that to you, you know, you brought shame down on your entire house. Yeah. <laughs> like, a box on your house. The neighbors know. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay. So now you're starting, you started your VA business because you did, so you didn't necessarily know there was another option. What? So you, what happened that made you realize that, oh, I could do, because you didn't wake up as a VA one. It was something happened to make you realize that was a job that you might be able to do. What was it? You know, it happened so fast. Like, and I, I think back about this. I'm like, how did it happen? Because people always ask me, like, how did you get this job? How did you start this career? And I'm like, I don't really know. Like, I just did. Um, honestly, I listened to a podcast. I was just searching for something. Like, I remember searching like work from home jobs for moms. And of course, all the spammy stuff came up. And I somehow then landed on a podcast. This woman was selling like a course, how to do it. I took it over like a span of a weekend and got a my first client on that Monday. Like it was just, wow. I went for it and got, it was like 10 hours a week and it was perfect. I was like, this is exactly what I want. And get this. It was actually a guy who was selling exercises for knee pain. And so I took my background in PT and I was like, I can help you do this. I know all about knee pain. Nice. Cause he just needed a customer service person. And I was like, I can answer all their questions. Like Give it to me. <laughs> That's a lot of value right there that you were giving that for. That is like a fuck ton of value right there for, for them to have you as their, what a catch for that person. Yeah. Um, as I think, you know, that's, so I'm curious, right? Because there are a lot of moms out there right now who are on the same, they're in that space where you were at, where you thought your only options were to, um, you know, be a stay-at-home mom, make no money or go back to corporate. And you mentioned that you kind of sort of fell into this, but that like it kind of just happened. But since then, you've worked with a lot of business owners and you've, you know, I mean, I, and you've met a lot of business owners, direct sales and also independent business owners. So I'm curious to know, like, for someone who is in that position, who's not sure what their next step is, their next niche is, or whatever it is that their next chapter is going to look like, what would you recommend that they do if they have no ideas, right? And they're like, I just, I need to figure something out for myself. What would you recommend that they do to kind of like get exposure or get ideas about what they may want to do? Honestly, just pick something and run with it. So like VA, I got pretty lucky. Like I picked it and went and it worked. But in that time, like being a VA, I was like, okay, I want to make more money. I don't want to just make minimum wage. What else can I do? And I tried a lot of different things and I failed at a lot of different things. And like, if anyone has followed my Instagram over the four years, they've probably seen like, oh, Taryn tried that. Taryn tried that for a month and it didn't work. And I just 
would try, feel it out, see if I liked it, see like, even if I wanted to put that effort into it, because no matter what you do, it's effort, right? So I just played around like for a while, I actually wanted to be someone who taught other moms how to be a VA and I sold a course and that was cool. But then I realized I hated it. And so I let that crash and burn, (laughs) spent way too much money on a coach, but being in that program to learn how to sell my own course, I met Megan Summerall, who's one of my clients that led me to meeting Roxanne Wilson, who's one of my clients. Like, and it just led to like more things. So I think it goes back to me even taking that first step as a VA. I don't know what's next, but I just take the step anyways. And then I get up there and I'm like, Ooh, it's a little dusty up here. Or I'm like, Oh, cool. This is fun. I really like this. I fucking love that perspective. I love that so much because it's so many people are waiting to know what they want to do, right? Like I want to know what I want to do and then I will do it. I got to design it. Got to make it perfect. Got to do the thing. And the truth is, is that's never how I found success. I've never found success by like sitting down and planning the whole thing and then like, you know, launching it and what it's always been just take the next step, take the next step. And the people Because you mentioned something about people, right? Because you said you spent way too much money on a coach. You learned you were going to teach people how to be VAs. But then you met Megan. Then you met Roxanne. Then you met me, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about how your networking and people, like relationships with people has pushed you forward as opposed to like your decisions about your business. Mm. I think like with people, that's actually how I've gotten all my best clients is through connections, referrals, making relationships. I do marketing on Instagram. I market, but honestly, guess like you, like when you and I decided to work together, it's because you already had that connection kind of knew me. We were on a podcast together. You knew like who I was. So was it easier I don't want to say sell. Like I didn't even have to sell anything. You were just like, I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> right. I think I chased you down. Yeah. You're like, wait, get back here. And even I just got a client this week. And guess what? She was actually in that group coaching program with me three years ago and saw on Instagram that I'm doing like solely podcast management. And she's like, Hey, I have a podcast. Like I would use some help. So it's just all like a trickle effect. Like that first step which led me to my first client, then led me to meeting more people and then expanding and more services and just growth. So I never realized how important like people are in your network. Cause I just thought you marketed and then a random person would, would pay you, which that happens. It definitely happens. Um, Not as much as I would would like. I feel like the thing that happens more often is I met somebody who met somebody who then like, it's, it's through word of mouth. Like as much as you do all the social media stuff, I feel like it exists as a um, a support to the actual yes. legwork you do with, with people. I agree. I feel like it's more now what social media has turned into. It's to verify that I'm a real person, that I'm showing up, not necessarily consistently, but my last post wasn't 52 weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so people use it as just to like verify and then cool, let's let's keep chatting. Exactly. I, and you know, that's so different from the way it used to be. So like, you know, a few years ago when you were running a business, you had to be on social media and social media was actually how you were finding people. Like that was your way of finding people. But in the last few years, the the shift has been really dramatic and it happened very quickly where 
suddenly you absolutely had to be person to person in, in, in like whatever way you works for you. Yeah. Uh, you can't simply just have a social media presence, make posts and expect your business to grow like that. I, that doesn't no. work anymore. You can't even just run ads and expect your business to grow. Like even you're running ads, people are going to come check out your account, like all your organic content. Like it's, I don't like the word harder to make a sale, but people are looking for a person now. They're not just like, cool, this ad, woohoo, I bought it. Like they're looking for proof. There, I think people have become more sophisticated, you know, it's like, you know, it's there, they're not, you know, remember when the internet was like brand new and you had like GeoCities websites and they were like the flashing thing and, 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 oh my God, you had the counter just so like, I have 187 visitors on my site or whatever, but like (laughs) that, there was a time where that was the height of Mm -hmm. web development and design. And like, if you didn't have that kind of GeoCities page to prove that you existed, um, then you were never going to get anywhere. But users, we all became more sophisticated over time and the GeoCities flashing page is not going to cut it anymore. Um, I think the same thing is very true for social media as well. Um, Now, so, okay, so you became a VA, but you're not, we just mentioned that you are like, that you ultimately ended up deciding that you wanted to do podcasting as your full-time gig. How did that transition happen? Like, did you slowly start to do podcasting and realize you liked it more? Did you suddenly realize you're making a VA? What, how did that transition happen? Yeah. So what happened is I actually, from VA, I went to more of an online business manager, which I still do. So I manage small businesses and I oversee all of it. So I see um, like operations, fulfillment, making sure customer service is set. And then I oversee marketing. And for all my online business management clients, I was also managing their podcasts. And I love that. And I love being an OBM, but what I had realized, and I can kind of go into a little bit of like my why of why I'm trying to grow a business is my husband is ill. He has a chronic disease that will ultimately take his life. And my goal is to be able to keep him home, pay for the care we need and make sure I can support our family. And with time goes like as time goes on, I can't just sell like my time for money because it's going to be limited eventually, not soon. And so with online business management, I realized I couldn't bring in support under me to help me serve my clients. And so if I gave them 10 hours, it was me doing the 10 hours. And I love um, my three clients. I still have them. I plan on keeping them as long as they'll let me pester in their business. But I saw an opportunity. I'm like, well, podcast management, I can still do the piece that I love, which is like connecting with a business owner, helping them bring their vision to a wider audience. But then I can have a team also that supports me and helps me like editing a video or, you know, eventually like I'll train people under me to help me and support me in the way that I want things done, which I can't necessarily do with how I had my original business set up. So my goal right now is to keep both and rock both and just work with women who are serving women. That's what I want to do, making a difference in people's lives, but I'm kind of doing it behind the scenes. I thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Cause I think almost everyone who is listening 
either has a chronic illness or is a caregiver for someone who has a chronic illness. And so they, they definitely identify with that why and that need. Um, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to, because I think that's a really good segue into the um, Patreon, because I want to ask some specific questions about like how to manage time and things like that. Yeah. So for now, oh my God, and so much of what you said was so brilliant. Like people need to hear this. Um, thank you so much for sharing that because it's, you know, all of, of my listeners, almost every single one of them has a chronic illness or the caregiver for someone who has a chronic illness. And so for them, it's not just about making money. It's also about being efficient and effective with your time. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to wrap up this portion of the podcast and take the, a deep, deep, deep dive into um, how to manage your time and how to how running how you can run a business in a way that allows you to have that freedom and flexibility. But before we do that, I wanted to ask you, Taryn, if there is somebody who because like you run other people's businesses for a living, you do podcasts also, uh, you know, as, as part of your job as a way to create freedom for yourself. If there is somebody who finds themselves straddling this space where they have not, they are just now having a sinking feeling that what they're selling is their time and they're not going to be able to get that freedom. What would you recommend for someone in terms of their approach to kind of help them massage their way out of that challenge? Ooh, you know, that's a really hard question because it's different for everyone. And like what I'll say is I feel like one of my superpowers is being able to chat with someone and kind of help them see maybe things that they didn't see. And I would love to have any conversations in Instagram on the DMs if anyone's kind of like, well, I don't know. Like I'm not going to try to sell you anything. I'm not a coach. I'm not that. So it's like if you just need someone who's gone through it and needs you just want someone to listen and I can give you advice or not. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Taryn.soa. And Taryn is also a member of the Patreon. And so uh, she's also, she's also there to remember the Patreon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can, um, in the discord chat, you can ask questions in there as well, where we, um, where we all um, hang out, talk and build community. Uh, we are going to take this conversation into the Patreon specifically to talk about how to, approach your business if you do need to have more flexibility in your time, which as we all know as business owners is really, really challenging and how you might want to approach those conversations with yourself. Because one of the bigger, I think the bigger challenges as business owners is not doing the thing, but how do you have the conversation with yourself to make the decision about how you're going to spend your time, what you're going to do and things like that. So we're going to see you all on the Patreon. Thank you for all of you who joined us for the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back here Next week, same bad time, same bad channel to talk about Star Trek. I don't actually know that we're talking about Star Trek next week, but we'll find out. <laughs> um, all right.